3: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
4: You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the Sports Betting Network.
1: Hour number two of primetime action. Live from the South Point, Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and Kelly Bidlin. So glad you could uh, hang out with us tonight. We'll update scores coming up momentarily. Big, uh, robust NBA schedule tonight. Matt, did you get the uh, premise for Jack Reacher? We were pretty close, okay.
2: He's investigating. Uh, he is in, he's doing an investigation. He figures out that someone is trying to strong arm him into dropping the investigation. <laughs> love it. Those people then later frame him for the murder of a young woman. Sure they do. Where he were as Kelly mentioned, he was wronged.
0: I had it dead on. He was wronged. He was wronged.
2: seeks revenge. And he and he goes on to prove um, his revenge. the real perpetrators, as John mentioned, were uh, is a gang masquerading as a legitimate construction firm led by former Soviet political prisoner known as Zekor Chevlicek Of course, throw so, that in. So there we go. <laughs> Throw in bam, and then uh, we've got the movie. Yes, we got the
1: movie. What's so great about that is someone is conceiving this in like a pitch meeting. They're like, and then we'll throw in some Soviets, right, to do that aspect of it. So some of the great premises of all time. Uh, do you remember the uh, '80s show Grizzly Adams? Do you remember that premise oh, of that man. one? Oh man,
0: there was even—I believe—real quick, I believe Jack Reacher even—you f- know—who uh, is it? Featured a a blind Robert Duvall who was shooting as a sniper. <laughs> like he was like, I can't see, but I used to be in the army,
1: so get me a rifle. Just give me a rifle. I do it by feel now, <laughs> pretty much yeah. all by feel. Grizzly Adams was wronged of a crime. The premise of Grizzly Adams was that he was wronged of a crime. Uh, for which he, 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 he was accused, pardon me, accused of a crime that he did not commit. And so, therefore, was forced to live in the woods with the mm. animals. <laughs> with to the animals? animals? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, like the Incredible Hulk, right? Like, think about every episode of that when it was on TV. Like, he, he's great, but he's like, don't get me angry. Because if he gets angry, then he turns into this big green monster. Everybody sees him turn into the green monster. So, at the end of every episode, he has to leave town penniless and, like, with a new shirt. So
0: <laughs> you know what I think of when yeah. you say Grizzly Adams? Yeah. I don't, like, I've never once seen Grizzly Adams. I don't even yeah. know.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't even know what that show is. Oh, I never watched it. I just it. Googled it, though. Yeah. All I think about, though, is uh, Happy Gilmore, right? When he's like, he's like, Grizzly Adams had a beard. Like, Grizzly Adams did yeah. have a beard. It was like Lee Trevino there. You know, who, you know who I would, oh, sorry, go
2: ahead. There, there's the, the, the critical response here, you know, is just funny because, you know, it's like, Everyone has to be all cute with their response. So this was the, you know, Jack Reacher is an above-average crime thriller with a smoothly charismatic above performance average. from Tom Cruise. So they use the word smoothly charismatic performance from Tom Cruise. Then Entertainment Weekly's is... Comes with the star is too charismatic to play someone so cold blooded, and his fans won't <laughs> likely appreciate the stretch. So, like, one <laughs> people are like praising it because he's carrying the other one's like, oh, he's too charismatic. Can't, can't get a buy with
1: that. That's you, no we good. have
0: Wes on mute right now, too. Oh, you no. know, he has like 9,000 thoughts. 9,000 thoughts. Like everything and we've just Here done. was
1: what I was going to transition. I was going to say, I would lay minus 750 right now that Wes Reynolds can name the actor that played Grizzly Adams. Wes? Oh, I
4: got it right in front of me. Oh, gosh, you put me on the spot here. Uh, from the <laughs> television show? Yes.
1: Oh, wow, I just lost my mind. at wow. 750 bet, Wes. Oh. Wow. Yeah, oh.
4: you, yeah, you should have taken the underdog because I, I'll throw out a Wilford Brimley. No,
1: Dan Haggerty. Come on, Dan Wes. What was Reynolds mm-hmm. with a rare? There was also like, Don Shanks and Denver Pyle in that show. Oh well, maybe the all. Denver answers.
4: Pyle, Uncle Jesse from the Dukes of Hazard.
1: There <laughs> you've redeemed yourself. There we go. Yourself. Redeemed himself. There we go. <laughs> you've redeemed yourself, Wes Reynolds. Everybody, host of uh, Visa's Long Shots, point spread weekly contributor. Let's start first of all tonight. Before we get to golf, college basketball. What do you like tonight, Wes?
4: Yeah, there's a big matchup on Saturday in the SEC, probably the most featured matchup so far of that young season, Kentucky against Auburn, Auburn number two, Kentucky all of a sudden looking very much like a Final Four contender, peaking very early here in January, but I am going to go against them tonight. Uh, They're laying seven and a half, seven maybe now at Texas A&M. I just think Kentucky, if you look at what they've done recently, they have averaged 1.32 points per possession which is astonishingly good in college basketball If you saw their game over the weekend they put up 107 points on Rick Barnes in Tennessee that's one of the best defensive teams in the country that they laid 107 on and had 1.47 points per possession So I think you're going to get – got to think you're going to get at least some shooting regression here. Texas A&M pretty good defensively, arguably the biggest game in College Station and Buzz Williams' short tenure there at Texas A&M. Texas A&M can really shoot the ball too. They shoot 37.5% from the three. That's like top 35 in the country. So I think that they'll be able to hit enough shots to kind of hang in here. Kentucky looking at Auburn on Saturday. You know, might be a little bit of a dead spot or at least a short term Term sell on Kentucky, but I think that this Wildcats team is absolutely very good, and Oscar Toshibwe might be my player of the year right now.
2: Wes, as we uh, look at the golf tournament this weekend, kind of wonky for me, not, uh, not a big card for me. I'll have six or seven outrights, but it's all smaller plays than I would normally put in this week. Not really playing much of the derivative markets because I, I don't really like these pro-ams. I don't like these, these that play at three different courses, all the different stuff like that, that I just don't really, I can't get real good data on it. So I don't really like to invest heavily in it. How did you approach your research with this one and how, how big is your card this week?
4: Yeah, most of my card, I have the same as you about several different outrights, but most of them are actually triple digits because if you look, you don't see Chalk win this tournament very often. I think John Rahm, who of course is the favorite this week, did win at 10 to 1 back in 2018, now 5 or 6 to 1 here. And yeah, could he go on and win? Sure, sure can Cantlay, and so can these other short guys. But I, you know, you look and you see Siwoo was 55 to one. You've seen 200 to one win here. Adam Wong was 600 to one a couple years ago. So this is an event because it's, they're such short courses, Matt, that it brings everybody into play. This isn't, you know, like a a, a WGC or another event where the cream's going to rise to the top. So you will see dark horses win here. I think nine of the last 12 winners had odds of 55 to one or higher.
2: Yeah, and you see Patrick Reed on that list. That was before Patrick Reed was Patrick Reed. That was right. like yeah, yeah, that was that was that was the up and coming Patrick Reed at that point. So even seeing him on that that list, he was a he was a super long shot as well.
4: Yeah, no question about it. And and basically kind of what I looked at was some trends, not only that odds trend, but 11 of the last 14 winners had played the Sony open the week before 12 of the last 14 had played this event prior so course experience I think is good but where I started my card I did have a couple smaller odd guys but they were 30 to 1 Taylor Gooch and Abraham answer Gooch we know we look at strokes gained approach pretty much in the different models every single week and he's right up there in the top five has a fourth here a couple years ago Abraham answers kind of the obvious play because he's so good on pete Dye courses and he was also the runner up here two years ago and also uh, tied for fifth last year but zayden at 62 to one doesn't have a lot of experience on american courses because this is really his first full season as a member of the pga tour but this guy puts the lights out and a lot of the players have been making comments this week that these greens are going to putt like carpet and if they putt like carpet and they're really smooth then i want really ace putters and bazaiden hoot is one of the better ones in the world
1: all right. And we see the rest of your list there the American Express, also Russell Knox. Uh, down the line, we have uh, you taking some flyers all the way down to Adam Schenk at 205 to 1. Wow. Okay. So a lot. Yeah, there. another
4: guy that's a top five strokes gained putting guy in the last thirty six holes. So you know this is the type of event that those type of guys win, and really you'll see some names on this leaderboard that'll look unfamiliar to you on Sunday.
1: What about Abu Dhabi because we have double the golf here? This is a really good field, including Morikawa, McElroy, Hovland, Fleetwood, and Hatton to name a few. What do you got here?
4: Yeah. Yeah, very good field. The first event of the now-named DP World Tour. They go to Abu Dhabi, but this is a different course. This is more of a Lynx setup. It's called Yaz Lynx. They were at Abu Dhabi Golf Club for the previous 15 years, so I went with a guy that's got pretty good links pedigree. That's Shane Lowry, once was the champion golfer of the year, actually, because of the pandemic, obviously, held that claret jug for two years because the Open Championship got canceled. I think he'll like the change in venue here, because ironically enough, at the old course. He did win in 2019, but if you look at his form at the old course, he missed the cut pretty much every single year, except for the year he won in 2019. So I think he'll like the links. Adam Scott, 35 to one, just dropped out of the top 50 in the official world golf rankings. I think that's going to spur him on a little bit. Another guy that's got good links pedigree over the years 35 to 1 eric von royen 40 to 1 same price he was at at the sony and this is a a good field at the top but in terms of the depth of the field not as good as he played against in honolulu so evr 40 to 1 danny Willett, 80 to 1 kind of a big game hunter i mean he shows up in big time events the dp world tour championship the masters the bmw pga won at 100 to 1 last fall the last time they played a links event the alfred dunhill links so i I think he could go well here. And then I'm taking a guy also that started 2021 missing 13 straight cuts. But where did he turn it around? He turned it around on a link setup, and that was Ha-Tong Lee, it was T-14 at the Dunhill Lynx, was actually on the first page of the leaderboard before he fell a little back on Sunday at the Sony Open. So T-12 was a runner-up in China to end 2021. He's won over here in Dubai before. And then another Lynx specialist, Joachim Lagergren, 125 to one. His lone DP world tour victory is actually on a design designed by the guy that designed this course, Kyle Phillips, who also designed Kings Barnes, which is part of the Dunghill links rotation where Lagergren has four top four finishes.
1: Wes, did we get both of your college basketball picks in or just one?
4: Uh, one, I, one I forgot to mention. I did take Georgia plus 22 against Auburn. Hold your nose on that one though, because Tom cream's bunch <laughs> is not very good. I think maybe Auburn just throws in a clinker and lets them hang around.
1: Okay, so Texas A&M, both first half and full game, Georgia plus 22 from Wes Reynolds. Wes, nice save on Uncle Jesse from Dukes of Hazzard. Nicely done. You got it, guys. Thank Thank you you very much. At Wes Reynolds 1, that's the number one on Twitter. A couple college basketball plays there. If you
2: head to the Life and Times of Grizzly Adams IMDB page, you will see (laughs) that the stars are Dan Haggerty, Denver Pyle, and Bozo the Bear, uh, listed as the third star of the show, Who has who who has his own Wikipedia page, Bozo the Bear, because Bozo the Bear was also in the Legend of Thunder, the the Legend of
1: Black Thunder Mountain. It's amazing how they got that bear to act. It's amazing, really is. Also in Planet of the Apes, how they get the apes to act. Bozo the Bear was born in 1960. Known
2: for the Legend of Black Thunder Mountain, Grizzly Adams died January 8, 1999. Lived a good 39 years. That
1: bear. Sorry, what's that? The apes were were not real. Okay. We'll come back. We'll talk about a whole bunch of things. NFL Power Rankings. Oh, yeah, we're still doing them. Next.
3: Hey, Sarah, I
0: love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah,
3: it was edited so well. I think you're so talented
4: You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network.
1: Back on VEASAN's prime time action live for the South Point. Don't forget about our free VEASAN podcast. You can listen to all of these on your own schedule. That's the beauty of podcasts. You can check them all out at VEASAN.com slash podcast. Beating the book with me, Gil Alexander. You have the uh, wide world of Wine garden with Jason Weingarten as well. Don't forget, follow the money, the Lombardi line, hardwood handicappers, market insights with Josh Applebaum, my guys in the desert, coast to coast hoops. It's too many to name. The Lombardi line's in there. VEASAN.com slash podcast for all All of those. Brown and Bozo the Bear. (laughs) <laughs> coming coming, coming, mid, tw- coming, um, uh, late 2022. That makes it sound like your partner, Kelly Bidlin, is going to be Bozo the Bear. That's what he's going to go by. That's what, I meant. That's what I thought just there.
0: Well, well, if it's that way, I don't like it as much. If it's Matt Lake, uh, Talking to I, a I, bear. I don't know, sparring with a bear or something, it might be more entertaining. <laughs> I mean, Practicing we, we, for the
2: longest time, we did have a podcast with a man that did interview horses. So so <laughs> I could come back and be the guy who interviews bears and talks to bears on the <laughs> On the thing as well. So. Is that what Flatter did on his yeah, podcast? Yeah. He interviewed horses. Yeah, he actually <laughs> it was like the got entirety of the podcast. Like yeah. he 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 was like the literal from the horse's mouth. It was like, like it was, it was, it was like
1: on this show on the Ron Flatter Racing, by Vinnie Maliulo, Dwayne Colucci, and like Mister Ed. Yeah, and, and it, Thunder and. Gulch. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: Like, well, and, and stick around at the forty-two minute mark. We talked to Thunder Gulch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you seem like a confident horse, don't you? <laughs> That'd be a great. I podcast. feel like I need to
0: be back and be like, Ron only did that once, but, but it did happen. <laughs> oh,
2: so stick around for the fifty-four mark. It's uh, Ron biscuit biscuits and gravy. <laughs> We're
0: talking about his thoughts this week. Biscuits and so Stupid. Oh man. Uh, All right, that was some updates. Uh, i trying to overcome from that. <laughs> Nets up on the Wizards, 74 to 62. This game, third quarter, just uh, about to get started in DC. Uh, Nets are a fire. Nope, that's definitely wrong. <laughs> That's our eight and a half point live. favorite. <laughs> I, 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 I did you so wrong. I'm sorry.
1: You did. I thought yeah, I thought you could recover for
0: us. Okay. Nets I, don't eight why, and a half, I don't know why. I don't know why Thunder Gulch set me off. <laughs> Magic up on the Sixers, 57 to 47. This game at half as well. Sixers one and a half point live favorite, 213 and a half. The live total, the Heat up on the Blazers, 36-28, to 28. 8.40 remaining in the second quarter. Heat, 9.5 point live favorite, 2.07.5, the live total. The Hornets and Celtics all tied up at 27. Live numbers on that game, Celtics 2.5 point favorite, 2.15.5. The total, Timberwolves up on the Hawks, 47-36, to 36. Uh, Timberwolves, six and a half point live favorite, 243 and a half the live total. There's 820 remaining in the second quarter of that game. Cavaliers out on the Bulls, 12 to 11. I forgot this game started already. I actually have a bet on this game. First quarter Cavs minus a half a point. It's the best first-quarter ATS team in the league versus the worst-worst-quarter uh, worst worst ATS team in the league. We'll see how that goes. Small bet. 12-11 to 11, Cavs, though, 7.32 uh, left in the first quarter. Cavs, 3.5-point live favorite, 2.17.5 the live total. And the Bucks up on the Grizzlies, 11-10, 7.5 minutes remaining in the first quarter. Bucks 7.5-point live favorite, 2.29.5 is your live total. Over in the NHL, two games in progress: Devils and Coyotes, all tied up at one. This game with eight forty remaining in the second period. No live numbers currently up, and Maple Leafs up on the Rangers three to one. Uh, one twenty-four remaining in the first period. Over in college basketball, we've got Alabama on top of LSU, thirty-seven to thirty-six. Sixteen minutes remaining. In that game, Alabama's a three-and-a-half point live favorite, 135-and-a-half the live total. And Marquette on top of Villanova, 15-9. to nine. This game has 12-10 remaining in the first half. No live numbers currently up. A
2: couple of news nuggets here, guys, Sources from Bruce Feldman. Uh, sources inside Michigan think that Jim Harbaugh would take the Las Vegas Raiders job if he were offered
1: Yeah. That gig. Yeah, I, didn't, I meant to talk about that this morning, but I didn't get around to it. You know, it, it's funny how his tenure at Michigan was sort of defined by his inability to beat Ohio State all these years till he finally did this year. And that's all that matters, you know, if you follow college football and if you're a Michigan fan and a Michigan alum and that whole world, that's all that matters. And he finally gets over that hump and he gets his team to the playoff. And I think Jim Harbaugh would be completely right in thinking to himself, you know, he won't say this out loud, yes. right? That's about the peak. Like I beat Ohio State and I got to the playoff. I'm probably never beaten Alabama. Look at the recruiting rankings yeah.
2: and just see it's the same teams at the top yeah. every single time. And as we mentioned, if it's not, if it's not Bama and it's not uh, Georgia. One of the other SEC teams will cycle through as well. If it's not an LSU or an A and M or whatever, like you know, we've, we've seen Auburn come through with, with with a massive team every you know ten years or something like that. It'll be another one of those teams. And I think he's I, I, look. If you, we, we talk about this Raiders gig, I mean, we said like that the talent nucleus there is not the worst, no. right? I mean, like you need a you need a number one wide receiver. That is that's for sure. I mean, so I, I'm sure that will be a a big time target for them in in the offseason. But outside of that, I mean like you, you've you got a pretty good nucleus for that team. So I, I could understand why he would he'd be interested in that job.
1: Jim Harbaugh, when he coached at the University of San Diego in 2004, 7-4. 2005, 11 and one 2006, as head coach, 11 and one Then he goes to Stanford 4-8, then 5-7. Then eight and five, twelve and one, ten and three, two, Oh no, no, excuse me, five and seven, eight and five, twelve and one. Then he goes to Michigan. Here are his records at Michigan: ten and three, ten and three, eight and five, ten and three, nine and four, two and four, 12 and two. Of course, in between those gigs was his gig with the Niners, where they went 13-3, and, and 4 12-4, and, and then 8-8, eight and, eight, and he was out back to go to Michigan. Yeah. He is, by any stretch, by any definition, all of those numbers I just gave a really great football coach on every
2: level. And, and if you take a look, I mean, again, I'm not saying that this is like, oh, you know, he's he's geriatric or anything, but he's 58. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like if you're going to make that move. You make it now. Y- you, you go. I mean, you got to think, like, I mean, if I keep this job for 10 years, I'm going to be 68 years old, you know, when this is all said and done. So, I mean, I think it's kind of you either make that move now or you're just a Michigan lifer until you decide to retire and then you – You kind of move on. The other little bit of uh, news here is that uh, JT Daniels is going to enter the transfer portal. So he's going to be gone uh, from Georgia over there because Stetson Bennett, uh, I mean, not that Stetson Bennett, what was he going to do, go to the NFL? But he announced (laughs) that he was coming. He announced that he was coming back, Stetson Bennett. So uh, JT Daniels and uh, so, wide receiver jermaine burton both entered the transfer pol- for portal today for or georgia
1: or college football is like the nfl for jt daniels he's like <laughs> from usc to georgia and i'm moving on again
0: isn't this one of those like th- th- I- I feel like I continue to disrespect Stetson Bennett by saying it this way, but it's like, okay, he's isn't he supposed to be the gritty kid who you know is not a high recruit who's beating out the high recruits? It's so sad that these high recruits have no desire to try to compete back. You know, what I mean, it's like, oh, like I've been I've been beaten once. Like, let me go on and transfer. Like, I cannot possibly beat out this kid.
1: I mean, who? I mean, here's the thing: Stetson Bennett is if we can get, like, into Americana and corniness for a second, Stetson Bennett is a great American story.
0: Great story.
1: Right? It's like the greatest college. It's why we love college football. And he knows it. And he is well aware (laughs) of it and is happy to tell you about it. But Stetson Bennett grew up loving this university, right? Like, it was his dream to be the uh, quarterback at Georgia. And he wasn't, like you just said, he wasn't one of these big-time prototype recruits. And in the end, he sat behind multiple quarterbacks, right? Oh, look, there's, a, you know, there's a From, Fromm and Fields yeah, yeah. and all these guys, right? And then he finally got his chance, right? Then, oh, JT Daniels comes in. He finally gets his chance, and he wins the national title. It's crazy. What I mean, a story. I
0: mean, what, he came into this year as, the, as third on the depth chart, right? I mean,
1: that's yeah. nuts. It's an, it's an amazing story. And I don't know if you're if you're a rec- if you're a guy who's thinking, where should I play college football? You don't want to follow that at yeah. Georgia? What's what's the upside of that? I'm following Stetson Bennett, who just like lived the perfect Georgia dream.
0: I don't know, but isn't there isn't there still like a talent cap with him? I mean, if he is, oh, I mean, yes. You know what I for mean? Sure. Like, like, like like I I get what you're saying. Yeah. But like until he has Like, he has a long leash until he has a really
1: short leash, right? Oh, we almost – listen, let's face it. Until they hit that long pass on on the jump on offsides where he was like, oh, I can throw it as far as I want, that game changed on that play, the the national championship. If that doesn't happen, we're not even having this conversation, (laughs) maybe, right? right? Like, everything you're saying is right. But it happened. And so now if if I'm like Joe, five-star recruit, that might be the last place I want to go right now. Uh, Three years from now, different story. But right this moment – I don't want to follow him. All right, power rankings
0: coming back. I do have my other NBA bet tonight. I am on uh, – geez, who am I blinking? It must be be real confident. Yeah, Mavericks over the Raptors. I'm on the Mavericks over the Raptors. (laughs) I might be on the Lakers as well here later tonight like JVT was. I want to make sure Malcolm Brogdon is out uh, first. But that Mavericks game starts here
1: in 15 minutes. All right. There you go. What else are we doing here, Kelly? We're betting. That's what we're doing. Nicely done. We'll come back to those NFL power rankings we discussed for divisional round. Yep. Eight to one. Are they exactly like they were last week? Just slough it off the bottom teams. That's next.
4: You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: Back on Pride Time, live with the South Point Guild Matt and Kelly. So, Kelly, what were your basketball bets, real quick? You're on the Mavericks and? Mavericks uh, laying three. I'm sweating one
0: right now. You have a first quarter bet in this Cavaliers Bulls game. Cavs laying a half a point.
1: You turned into Danielle. I did. What well, do you do a first quarter bet. So.
0: I, I rarely ever do these things, but I was pulling up stats on this stuff earlier today. ATS this year, Cavs number one in the league, 31 and 14 in the first quarter. The Bulls last in the league, 17 and 25 against the number.
1: Can I talk about trends for a second? You remember how going into this game, the Cardinals game with the Rams, there was like a whole bunch of things in mainstream media. Everybody was like, oh, the Cardinals are 8-1 and one on the road. They're the only team in the history of football, five games better on the road. What percentage of the people who brought up that stat last week do you think even mentioned it this week?
2: I would say less than, less than 10%.
1: I would agree with that assessment, yes. exactly what I was going to say, yes. less than 10%. Just saying. Some things are not predictive. Some things are just narrative. Power rankings, divisional round. Matt, you're up first. We call them fun facts. Fun facts. Oh, I a way to We call them fun facts.
0: Fun facts. Prime time action power
2: rankings. All right. So, number eight, the San Francisco 49ers, with the injury there with uh, with with Bosa, the stuff going on with Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulder as well, and then uh, it's just a, again, it's a Fairly one-dimensional offense when it comes down to it. Um, so I, I just, when compared to all these other teams that I think are just more well-rounded, more more dynamic, uh, 49ers find themselves at number eight. Bengals down at seven. Injury, uh, coming going down on that defensive line. Certainly uh, really bad timing for them as they are about to go up against uh, Derrick Henry in the Tennessee Titans. They did get, like as we mentioned, they did get Henderson back. To practice today in full. Now that's a concussion deal, so it's not an injury thing. So he's gonna have to get cleared by uh by an inde well, air quote independent independent neurologist. Sure, yes. Sure. Yes, yes. But sure. uh he he will have to get cleared before he can actually play. So uh if that's not the case, two defensive linemen down for Cincinnati would be uh, would be rough. Uh, Tennessee Titans sitting at six. Again, it's the same deal, like I said. I mean, we were even talking about this, when we were talking about potential matchups moving forward, right? I, I've done this on who I think would be favored over the others. And um, as we've kind of seen, I mean, they're three, three and a half over Cincinnati as it is right now. We, we have already talked through. We definitely think they would be. Underdogs to whoever they play next week, be it the Chiefs or the Bills, if that's the case. If the Packers are the number one power-ranked team in the NFL, according to most people that you talk to, they'd be underdogs there as well. And I'm guessing small dogs to the Rams and Bucks, but maybe, I don't know, may- maybe not. Maybe it's more of kind of a pick type thing or something like that, but that's just kind of my guess. You could really kind of interchange four, five, and six from from kind of how I, again how I go about all this is you know as if these teams were to meet on a neutral as to uh, as to what the uh, the spread would be so Bucks sitting at five and I again that's it feels high to me just because of my personal feelings on the Bucks going into this game all kind of beat up and everything like that especially with this news today on these offensive two offensive linemen. Um, you know, again, if if they were to definitely be ruled out – so let's just say I was doing – if I was doing this right now and I knew for sure that both those offensive linemen were ruled out, they'd probably be seven for me, actually. And everybody else would just – and, and uh, the Titans and Bengals would just slide up. But with that still being questionable, can't put them there as of Wednesday. Maybe they would be there as of Friday. Uh, Rams at four. Again, again, like I said, you know, four, five, six, take your pick. With all that, I think that they're – Coin toss, maybe maybe the Bucks and Rams point favorite, something like that. Bills and Chiefs sitting 2-3. That's where they've been pretty much all all year for me. And then uh, the Packers, as of recently, been moved up to that number one slot. I think, again, deservingly because they have just week in, week out, gone out and gotten it done. Um and and look for for the most part made it look relatively easy. And with all the reinforcements that they have coming back as well, I think it is a team that even though I personally haven't been super high on them over the course of the year, I think it's a team I, I certainly just have to take seriously. With with you know star corner coming back, star left tackle coming back, you're getting a star pass rusher coming back as well. You might get a linebacker back as well. So I mean, there's just a lot of reinforcements coming on the uh, on the
1: Green Bay side. It's very interesting. Once again, I hope we have the same eight teams. That's the main thing. These are mine. I barely changed these from last week. I only made – I had had the 9 through 14 sloughed off entirely, except for one exception. I had Buffalo at 9. I put Buffalo at 7. I basically had Dallas at 7, Buffalo at 9. Everything else – remain the same with one other exception. So that's the only two differences here. So Cincinnati remains at number eight. See no reason why to to raise them. I do think they're the weakest team in the field, even though I think they're going to be great here in the future. Buffalo replaces Dallas at seven. They go from nine to seven. Unbelievable. Huge blowout of the Patriots. They absolutely uh, deserve to leapfrog the Bengals there. I had Cincinnati, uh, excuse me, San Francisco six. I'm not moving San Francisco. I'm just going to assume that Bosa... And Warner, it's a big assumption, but I'm assuming that the that at least one of them plays. To what extent we'll see? To what uh, degree of health we'll see? But they remain at number six after their blowout. Excuse me, after their uh, upset win over the Cowboys, I should say. Kansas City blows out Pittsburgh. Yeah. What we expected them to do, I'm not raising them because of that win over Pittsburgh. They did what they were supposed to do. Same thing with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay actually blows out Philly, and I drop them one. I flip them with the Rams. So the only the only two changes from last week for me are Buffalo replaces Dallas at seven, and I flip-flop the Rams and the Bucks. I'm with you, Matt, that if the Buccaneers have the two injuries on the offensive line, they probably don't deserve this spot. Um, but at this point, I'll keep them there. They did nothing wrong last week, obviously, in that crushing win over the or that that destruction of the uh, eagles 31 to nothing into the fourth quarter the rams with the win comprehensive win over the cardinals i mean so many of these teams four of them coming off abject blowouts the rams get to three right now they're all in they've got the players sheer talent the rams might be the cream of the crop in terms of a complete football team that's the team that can do it if they're on all cylinders if they bring their a game Tennessee remains two for me. You know how I felt about them all year long. They've got all their players back. They got the number one seed. I think they deserve that number two. Uh, I think they beat the Bengals this week. I think they do it soundly, by the way. What happens in the AFC Championship? Eh, that's another story. We'll see. But I got them at number two. And the Green Bay Packers, who have been number one now for the longest uh, stretch of any team this year and I think, not only my power rankings, but all of our power rankings. Yeah, probably. You can't really knock it. They're number one until proven otherwise exactly where they deserve to be with the great Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Kelly?
0: Yeah, uh, San Francisco eight for me. Um, I don't know. I'll probably doubt this team to my detriment if they don't already bet against them this week, so uh, if they somehow get past that, I'll probably continue to bet against them, and it might end (laughs) up costing me a lot of money, but yeah, right now they're eighth. Uh, Still eighth for me. Uh, I did end up making the switch, basically, you guys were talking about. I slid Tampa down to seven. The way I kind of looked at this was there is a I, I have a stronger belief in the Rams winning, winning winning this week, winning outright over the Bucs, and it being a little bit more clear than I do the Titans over the Bengals. So that's kind of where I bunched that's how I bunched everything. Originally, I, I had Tampa. Like I said, I can't hate on it. If if,
2: if I, I told you they'd be seven for me, if it right. was if you know if if I thought that they weren't gonna have these lines. So
0: right. I kind of had Ram, I did have Rams Tampa four five, but then I was like, but I think I, I like the Rams. I like the Rams more, and I'm on the Bengals too. But I like the Rams more than the Bengals this week. So therefore, I was like, I think I should have the Bucks seven. Really, that five six where it's more of a coin flip is Tennessee Cincinnati for me, and then it's the Rams at four. And and then two three is just I, I honestly think the Super Bowl is being played this weekend. I mean in Kansas City this is I, I think that's the best the best game we're gonna get left is the Chiefs versus the Bills. Um, so I, they're two three for me, and then Packers number one simply just because the road. If they end up meeting one of the Chiefs or Bills in the Super Bowl, the road they're going to have to have traveled through the through the playoffs is just easier, frankly. So, uh, even the rest of the way. So, I, I still have them number one. Really, I think one, two, three are pretty close to me as far as how how good I truly think they are. Actually, you could throw the Rams in there too, probably. Um, so, really, that left side maybe t- you know a little bit of a tier above everybody else on the right.
1: What's interesting to me is that you said you said the Chiefs Bills to you is not just the AFC championship, which, yeah. which I've heard a lot of people say. You think it's the Super Bowl. I think it's the Super Bowl. So you don't give the Packers or the Rams.
0: A, I do. I mean, I give them a chance, but I still I think that the the Packers and the Rams, I think as far as I, I mean, true power rankings and what it would be in the end, it would be below the
1: Bills. Yeah. You, you know what? I, I think I've come to the conclusion. So I have, I have conviction on the first three playoff games. I'm waiting to hear about the Niners injuries before I play that. But I'm on the Titans and I'm on the Rams. The Chiefs and the Bills to me. I'm almost at the point where I think if people are making big plays on that game, maybe any play, but let's just say big plays, so I'll allow for some people who just want to have some little action. But that's all it is to me. To me, if you're playing a side on the Chiefs-Bills game, I almost think that you, you have to be an action junkie. Because I don't know how you can have massive conviction in that yeah. game either way. I think it's tough. Like, I can't get there.
2: Yeah. Like, I just, yeah, I just, I can't get there. I can't even get there on a teaser Like I, I, I can't get there in any yep. in any fashion.
0: Like yep. I, I can't get there on any. I'm I, I teased up the Bills, but I get, I get you. I don't hate that. I, like right. I get. It. That's the only way you could do it to me is teasing up the Bills. But I and I really liked the over in that game. I played that at fifty three on the opener. I know it's run, but. Uh, run up to 54 54 and a half but i i I think that still might be my the only thing i think you could play there
1: how many points you think are getting scored that game you think that's going over i think it is yeah i mean the bills will do that whole thing where they're like all right you can do everything underneath we're not letting you go deep be interesting to see this one the marquee game without question this weekend in the national football league Eric Eager will join us a little later on. We'll talk more football with him. And uh, you guys have some golf thoughts. We'll do that. It's a Prime primetime action.
3: Hey, Sarah. I
0: loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah,
3: it was edited so well.
4: You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the Sports Betting Network.
1: Hunt down a win with the Football Showdown series presented by Amazon Prime Video's Reacher. Play free fantasy football during the playoffs and fight for your share of $20,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Jack Reacher. Now to get in on the action. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. don't what just happened to me right there, Kelly? You were giving me the thumbs up to go? Yeah. And I stared at your thumb, and it, like, didn't register in my brain after one billion times of you doing that.
0: I was a little confused I was looking at it. And I, I was like, like, did Gil just have a stroke or something? Like He's not. He's not <laughs> that, I'm giving him the symbol to speak, and he's not speaking.
1: I think that means I'm supposed to go. <laughs> Talk. I can't be too sure. Mikey, Mikey. <laughs> that was weird. Anything else to say about our power rankings? I mean, they're pretty straightforward here. Anything else? Yeah, no, we I are mean, who we are. We got all the right eight teams. We got the right eight teams in there. Washington did not make it again. Vikings probably still should be eighth. Who ends up ninth? <laughs> who ends up in your in your final yeah, power rankings? Right, who yeah. ended up ninth?
0: Um,
2: it uh, given even all even with
1: the ridiculousness, probably the Cowboys. I guess. Yeah, I think the Cowboys. Right.
0: Going back to look right now, I'm gonna say it's yeah, it has to be the Cowboys
1: still. Yeah. Even you're, with you're the allowed, you're allowed to call up a team like the Chargers or Colts. So.
0: I don't know who's ten though. Like who's ten?
1: Ten? Yeah, I, get, I don't know. Because
0: that's when you're getting into that territory.
1: Yeah, because because the Car- probably, it's, Cardinals, Cardinals are no or Raiders, I guess. I, I mean, it's
0: yeah, it's Raiders. Cardinals, Char- well, it'd definitely be Cardinals for me. Okay, I, you, who's you 11? Know,
1: you know who I still think? <laughs> I still think it's the Chargers. Like, I think the Cowboys and the Chargers are the most talent-laden of the rest of the teams. Like, almost by far. I legit feel bad for Jerry Jones sometimes, you know? Just got, that guy just wants one more Super Bowl. Jarrah. Put, put so much talent together and just cannot get one. Hey, man, you know what? He and his... Son or whoever's making the picks over there, players—they've done a great job. They really lately. have, yeah, really have. They're like been a bit of regular Jimmy Johnson lately.
0: That, that is a that is a like okay. They didn't even really plan for the Tony Romo era, right? And then kind of make the perfect transition to Dak, right? When Correct. they like they handled that basically perfectly. And then we're ta- we sit here talking about teams like the Steelers, and it's like, how are you in this position? How are you in the position to roll with Mason Rudolph next year?
1: I uh, I have a theory. Not even a theory, but I think, I think most people would agree with it. You want to be the guy, Jerry Jones we're talking, right, who has complete control over the football team. You end up hiring very yes-men coaches, right, very co- coaches that will always defer to you and will be okay sort of being this Non-alpha, right? Since Bill Parcells, they have right. ha, have they had a, have they had an alpha coach? No, no. Jason. And, and no. He also, and Bill,
0: Bill are uh, and, and Bill Parcells is really the only one ever under the
1: Jerry Jones yes. era. And he also keeps the coaches longer. I mean, this is sort of like the the soft side of Jerry. Maybe is it the soft side, or is it that it makes him feel better to have these coaches? Like Jason, Jason Garrett, Garrett could
0: have been fired five times. Right. So yeah. Jason
1: Garrett was their coach for a billion years. Shouldn't have been Wade Phillips. Right. Like I mean. Chan Gailey, like I'm just trying to think of all the names, right?
2: But you got to remember if he's if he's firing coaches quickly, then it's an indictment on himself, correct? Because he's the dude, like he's the the judge, jury, and executioner on all of this stuff. So, hundred
1: percent. Like I mean,
2: because again, by by all accounts, McCarthy should 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 be gone here. Mm -hmm. They should with this young with this young group of. Of guys that they have on on the defensive side of the ball, and then even with the the talent they have at the wide receiver position, offense like they they should look to a younger dude. They should look to a guy who's a little bit more forward thinking, who can take it advantage of all the stuff that they've got going on that side of the ball. They just you know it he won't, and they're not going to, and he's gonna continue to kind of just. Coast coast on into mediocrity until he finally
1: decides to to hang it up your uh your call on like if if he keeps firing him, it's an indictment on himself is hundred percent right. it's It's the reason why I believe Jay Gruden was the Washington football team coach for as long as he was because Daniel Snyder, the knock on Snyder, among many knocks, but one of them was, oh, this guy just, he has no patience with coaches. And finally that criticism got to him so much mm-hmm. that with Jay Gruden, it was like, he's like, I'm just going to keep my coach. Because he had other scandals. He's like, I'm just going to keep my coach in there, whatever, no matter how mediocre he is. Well,
0: and that was what under under that his staff where you had McVay and all those guys at the same time. That right That was Mike Shanahan's staff.
1: Mike Shanahan oh, in 2013. We see the meme everywhere now. Mike Shanahan on that staff had his son, Kyle Shanahan, had Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur. But Daniel Snyder hated Mike Shanahan so much at the end, or the two of them butted heads so much, that he couldn't, and he doesn't. He didn't have, like, Vinny Serrato and all these ridiculous, Bruce Allen, all these non-football special talent evaluators. You think they could evaluate coaches and then throw in the ego thing with Snyder and Shanahan. And they couldn't even see that they had three – eight years later, they had three divisional round coaches on their coaching staff. It's, it's amazing. Back to, the, uh, back to the Cowboys thing. Had Michael Lombardi on this morning. Michael Lombardi, to me, made a great point about Kellen Moore. I was about to say Kellen Winslow. Kellen Moore, <laughs> who is, you know, going to have interviews for head coaching jobs. Did you hear Troy Aikman's criticism of Kellen Moore this week? No. During that game at the half? when Joe Buck was talking to Troy Aikman, I thought it was awesome. Like it was the opposite of Drew Brees, right? Drew Brees was very vanilla. He was like, you know, first time he just, he didn't offend anybody. Troy Aikman's been doing this forever. Troy Aikman was awesome. And he was telling Joe Buck, because remember, like remember in the Eagles game, he was focusing on the fact that Devontae Smith didn't get a target till the two minute warning. So that happened in that game. but the uh, And that was the game he was calling. Um but it was the, what was it, the Cowboys game. I don't know when we, we got the Troy Aikman bite on this, but basically he was saying about the Cowboys game, and I'm trying to think when we heard him say this because he obviously wasn't doing that game. But Troy Aikman was saying, was he doing that game? No, he wasn't doing it. He was doing the Eagles game. But he was saying if the Cowboys scheme Right. If if the Cowboys, if that was him back in the day, and he said it because I don't know what cares about, you know, me playing back in the day, but he basically was criticizing Kellen Moore saying, I know you're in love with your scheme, but if you're single covering CeeDee Lamb, you should be throwing him the ball all day long. If that were me, Michael Irvin would have had 10 catches by halftime. And I thought that was great analysis. And to me, the biggest separator between good coaches, not even good coaches, but mediocre coaches and great ones, the great ones can adapt on the fly to the X's and O's. They can change the game plan midstream. It's the people who are so adherent to their scheme, like if their scheme is the answer, and we can't adjust. Those are mediocre coaches. I don't know why you would, like, love to hire Kellen Moore. I don't. And I thought Lombardi made a great point about that. The the thing about that the that game in
2: particular which we talked about going into it we talked about it afterwards and it's still to still right now is just so perplexing to me is the fact that accuracy issues are not you 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 test you test what is the obvious obvious weakness of that niners defense like i understand dak after the calf issue after the calf issue he had midseason could not find his way like i get it but Man, you gotta, you just gotta play the percentages and, and keep throwing it, you know, down the field with these stud wide receivers that you've got. And if you don't get, even if you don't catch them, I mean, look as as rampant as pass interference call, calls are across the NFL. I mean, you're you have a twenty percent chance that those are going to end up in PIs as, as it is anyway. So. I don't know, man. It just was that was just really, really was baffling to me. Baffling to me. And, and then even with all that said, they still had the ball going down and could have still
1: could have won. won the game. That's a great point. Still could have won it even after all that. Yeah. That's how much of an advantage you have and just absolutely squandered. Yeah. It's it's that's why they're ninth probably right in our power rankings. Yeah. But the, the, I think the answer is you just hire poor coaches. Yeah. And Mike McCarthy, we knew when he hired him, right? Like this is not armchair quarterback. We knew when he hired him. Oh, oh this is the guy. We got to get this guy. Well,
0: and I just think about how like, we sat here all year, and it's like the coordinators have been amazing. Well, guess what? They're going to be gone with new jobs. You know what I mean?
1: So you're going to like you're going to see real McCarthy next year, right? Where well, you know, it's funny with the guys like Dan. Dan Quinn did a spectacular job this year, right? But there's been so many coordinators who are spectacular coordinators who it just doesn't work out when they're a head right. coach, right? Norv Turner being a Cowboys example of that. Great offensive coordinator when he was a head coach. It didn't really work out. There's tons of these guys. And by the way, there's no shame in that. Like, it's awesome being a great coordinator. But you wonder, like Dan Quinn, who's getting, you know, multiple interviews, you wonder, will it be different the next place he is? Or is he just a great coordinator? Vic Fangio is the ultimate current day example of that. Vic Fangio is like the butt of jokes now. Vic Fangio is by any measure one of the elite defensive coordinators and, the NFL has ever seen.
2: And, and if Harbaugh does, is serious about taking that job in down the road here, Vic Fangio very well might be his defensive coordinator as well. Like, I mean, there's there's ties there and all the things. I mean, there, there's... That would be tremendous yeah, for the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, that, that very well could happen as as well with them. So, yeah, I mean, it's... It's super interesting. One of the other things that we haven't really talked about this week, but I think it's, you know, it'll only take 20 seconds. we only got 20 seconds anyway, but – no, no weather concerns at all this week. So we were, yeah. you know, that was so so much of the conversation last week and, and all that. And, like, yeah, I mean, it's it's cold in Green Bay this time of year. Yeah, it's cold in Kansas City this time of year. But that's it, right? There's no – we're not really worried about anything else. And then it's mild. It's going to be mild in, in Nashville. It's going to be mild in Tampa. So it's just, you know, we're not really worried about that at all. So we can actually just focus on the games as as is, right? And we're not sitting here trying to, yeah. to go, like, galaxy brain on so it.
1: So no Kevin Roth this week. Yeah, road no, I don't need that. No Kevin Roth this week.
0: I don't know what that means.
2: It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's
1: largest social network.
2: For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today.
3: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years,
1: have a plan
3: and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break.